Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Jordan Edwards. This is Demi Ramos on your right with the pink curtain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Demi is in New York City and I am in Kansas City visiting my parents. So we are kind you of- You usually uh, have a pink aura as well. I usually have a pink aura as well. Um, <laughs> today it's nice calming yellow, kind of a nice mellow yellow in the, in the yeah. Okay, so- here we go. Uh, today we've got Bailey Bryan on the show. She's a yeah, she is a uh, singer songwriter originally from Seattle, relocated to Nashville, started her career career sort of as a country singer. But we will soon learn that calling Bailey a country singer is not completely accurate. Uh, she has uh, toured with uh, country superstars like Kane Brown and Kelsey Ballerini, and she has. Um, her, her song play with me is, is making waves right now. So let's bring her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Bailey Bryan. Yay. Hello. What is going on? Nothing much. Thanks for having me guys. Absolutely. So, you know, I mentioned in your intro that you, um, started, you kind of, people think of you as a country singer, but it's not really accurate to call you a country singer. Um, so tell us about, you know, that whole thing. First of all, let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You're from Seattle originally. Yeah. And I don't think of Seattle as a, uh, a hotbed of country music talent. Um, so tell us about why you gravitated towards that Nashville sound when you were, you know, coming up in your teens, in your early teens. Yeah. So I tell people that I'm from Seattle because really I'm from a very small town called Squim. Which is a few Everybody hours. Everybody knows Squim. Squim is coming. You know Squim. You know. Squim. But, you, know. <laughs> you do? No, no. Think, no. <laughs> Nobody knows Squim, which is why I just kind of mm. I kind of claim Seattle, which I think is what a lot of people from the Pacific Northwest or area of Washington do when they're from a town like that. But I kind of had a unique background musically growing up because of. <clears throat> being in that area because I had access to Seattle and the music scene there, which is not country. It's kind of eclectic. It's rock. And then there's like some hip hop going on there too. But I grew up in a really rural, rural, sure. Rural, rural, rural. area. Like I was getting stuck behind tractors on the way to school type of thing. So I, I definitely like had access to the kind of like, quintessential like country lifestyle that's what people listen to in the town that I grew up in but I had all kinds of other influences the whole time and I think the reason I kind of I say I like stumbled in to country music because I I got my first publishing deal when I was 15 and that's kind of what brought me to Nashville um oh are you guys still here yeah. We're still oh. here. We can we can switch the camera. Just I didn't like, know. I got so this is like a real TV show. We can switch. Hey, now look, look. I'm number one. Now what? you're number one. It's just like a real. It's like cable news. It's just like being on CNN. I'm so sorry that I have no chill and I just I felt so alone all of a sudden. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, this is a professional. This is better than Zoom. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's why we're using it. Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm fully on board now. I was apprehensive, but I'm here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, but I think I, I stumbled into country because at the time that I started traveling to Nashville and got opportunities here, Taylor Swift's first album had just come out and. 
that's what I was obsessed with. And I, I got my first guitar when I was 12 and that's when I really started writing music. And what I was into was like young female country. And I think you, you figure out your sound as an artist by imitating the people that you love. And like, that's what I loved at the moment. That's what I related to the most. And so that's what I started writing. And I just happened to have the opportunity to like share what I was writing at that time while I was still kind of developing my sound. And so it was like, all right, I'm going to just start putting out country music then because that's what I'm making. And I happen to be getting some opportunities in this area. And then now my sound is completely different. And that's just, you're just hearing me grow up kind of. <laughs> you have such an amazing, I'm obsessed with your voice. Um, down to the songwriting. She is a real songwriter, guys. Like, I mean, some of the things that you say just like strikes me, the detail, um, the realness. Uh, do you find it easy to bring your vulnerability to paper? Well, thanks. Um, that's like the best compliment you could give me. I always say like, if I could, being an artist is cool because you get to do a lot of different things. But if I had to pick one part of it to do for the rest of my life, it would be writing hands down. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, the vulnerability in the writing, it's just kind of how I do it. Like it's never, I sometimes envy other people's ability to write from like a completely fictional place and just be like, I want to write this kind of song today. I want to tell this story. I'm just going to do it. I'm like, I, I have to write about what I'm going through, like right in the moment. Otherwise it's going to be trash. Like I have no, I have no choice but to overshare. And usually the more vulnerable the the more vulnerable I get, the more of a positive response I get because people just tend to relate the more real you are. So at this point it just comes kind of kind of naturally, to be honest. Wow. One of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on the show is I'm fast. So I'm I'm from Missouri. I'm in Kansas City right now. Um and so I grew up around country music. I grew up in like the, you know, the uh, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill yeah. kind of era. And, you know, country music to me is kind of boxed in, you know, like if you're too pop, if you're too soul, if you're too hard, you know, like for years, you know, people use the term alternative country to describe people going back to Graham Parsons and, you know, and, and even Emmylou Harris you know, as all alternative country yeah. because they were too rock, you know, um, and the Nashville, you know, you're on Warner Nashville still, correct? Or are you? I'm not anymore. You're no. not anymore. They're so, amazing though. Highly recommend if you're high, Highly recommend. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah. Would, yeah. would sign here again. Um, would, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, my point is that, uh, you know, country music is based on chart performance. Like if you sign with Warner Nashville, they want you to get top 10 country songs. Yeah. They want you on the radio. Was that kind of unappealing, that pressure to make hit singles? Absolutely. That was kind of the, one of the kind of stalemates I think I came to that prompted the shift I made in my music. It was a natural shift as far as like, I just, I evolved as a person and I, my music evolved like as an artist, but it, it kind of, it came down a lot to like, okay, like your art, the artistry is there. Like you write cool songs. The, the, the vibe is great, but like, we don't have that radio single. And I had so many songs. Like I, when I started with the country stuff, I was like, well, I have these songs that I like, but it's very, it's very like, 
and like as a label, I get it. They're like, we like these songs too. We really like you, but the radio needs this like specific type of song in country. We want to put out your other songs that are like, those are dope and whatever, but we need the radio song. And like, that's what the conversation always comes down to. And that can kill your creativity (laughs) really quickly. If that type of song, that specific vibe doesn't come naturally to you, which it does not to me, especially when it comes to writing country. So how do you feel about the current state of, I mean, cause it, your country music, I mean, touring with people like Kane Brown and Kelsey Ballerini, like that uh, uh, absolutely boosted your career. So how do you feel about the state of country music, like where it's at right now, where I feel like it's a little more malleable. I mean, Casey Musgrave yeah. really helped a lot. For that, sure. You know, can be weird. That's the thing is you can't be weird in country. And Casey Musgrave says, I'm going to make really weird pothead looking imagery and it's going to be okay. And I'm still going to be a country singer. So how yeah. do you feel like it's the state of country music right now? I mean, I, I wish that there was more of that. I think she had to work really hard to get recognition for what she does and just like have that be allowed. And when I was, you know, trying to do it, I was looking at stuff like that and I was like, well, she's doing it. Can I? And it was like, well, you gotta do it a certain way. I don't, I just think there's a lot of progress to be made as far as any kind of differences being like celebrated in country. It's more like if you work really hard and you kind of finesse your way in and you, you still like, you know, like suck up to the right people and whatever, like you can get away with your weirdness, but you got to do it right. And it, you know, it would be cool if, country kind of caught up to the pop landscape in the way of just like, no, we're going to celebrate it if you're weird. Because you, the core of country music is, I think, the storytelling and incorporating more like organic instrumentation. And like, that's like a very cool thing about it. But there should be room to kind of interpret that in different ways. And I don't really think there is a ton of it. Absolutely. So you shifted a little bit to the pop world. You're going pop now. Yeah. Sounding awesome. You got 808s in there. It's sounding popping, freaking like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it feel to be a young woman in the pop world right now? I mean, I'm excited. It can get, I think my biggest, uh, my biggest like concern going into the pop world was just like that it's so, there are no rules. Country, it's hella rules. The pop world, there's no rules. The weirder you are, the better. You gotta like, you gotta stand out, type of thing. You know, like it's ve- it's way less of a blueprint. It's more of like, how many ways can you break the rules? The more that you do that, the better you'll do. Which so I went from feeling like very much like the odd one out, the kind of weird like fish out of water, doesn't really know where she fits kind of person in country to being in the pop landscape. And like kind of feeling basic for the first time in my life. Like I have a I have a dope sound. I'm confident in what I do, but like everybody's doing something really weird. And I'm like, I just want to write my music and make it sound the way that I like. And all of a sudden I feel this pressure to be more out there and more more shocking and more like sell myself in kind of a different way. Um so it's it's cool because I, I feel just the freedom to try whatever I want with my music. I don't, I, when it comes to creating, I, I don't feel those like pressures anymore. I feel like as long as I make a really cool song, like people will respond to it and there's less gatekeeping there, but like 
just as an artist and when it comes to like marketing myself, I'm I'm kind of more I'm more threatened by the the pop landscape, to be honest. One thing that's great about your transition from a straight up pop country singer, which is a whole thing, you know, that the Taylor Swift kind of opened this door for the pop country singer, you yeah. know. Um, is that you've carried over your voice has stayed consistent. Like I feel sometimes when country singers go, when country singers go pop, they kind of like take the draw off their voice or they take like the tone off their voice. But, you know, I was, uh, we were talking in the intro, I talked about play with me and play with me is a pop song, but it wouldn't take a whole lot to make it into a country song. I wrote it on my guitar. Even your vocals, even your vocals, and you. And by the way, speaking of, of play with me, you recently performed that on Colbert. Here is a yeah. screenshot yeah. of you performing uh, during his uh, uh, play at home series, which is really cool. Um, so I have a couple questions. First of all, we've seen these kind of live performance videos over the past year where people submit. That's what late type talk shows. Half of the music performances are essentially live music videos. Yeah. So tell me about the logistics of making one of these videos. Like, how did that happen? How did you like, you know, cause it kind of reminded me of the, the Dua Lipa uh, tiny desk concert she did with like the red background, orange background from mm-hmm. like you know, five or six months ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, so tell us about how that came about and how you like put that together. Well, how the opportunity came about. I have no idea. My team is just cool. Um, but how it comes together, this was, I haven't done like a ton of filmed live performance stuff, definitely nothing for like a late night TV type vibe. So um, it was a little overwhelming to figure out you're, you have to perform it like you're live and they're, they're recording the audio while you're trying to give this performance and play to the camera. And like, thankfully we, I mean, we were submitting the video, so I got to do more than one take, but like, you got to, be on every single time and hope that the vocal take you get that's the best is also the best performance take and that was um yeah that that was a challenge for sure i love play with me um boy aloud here girl anthem you know what i mean tell us how the song came about well i like telling the story of how the song came about these days especially because i wrote it Cause I got a you up text from a dude that I was talking to at the time, like mm-hmm. over a year ago. We've all, um, that. <laughs> we've all. We've all gotten that text. <laughs> I and the thing is, like, I didn't even like him that much. Like, I was, you know, you just you mm-hmm. entertain people for whatever reason. Um, that's the place that I was at at the time, and um, I was just like, I texted him er- way earlier in the day. He didn't reply till like eleven thirty at night on a Wednesday with the you up and I was like this is disrespectful sir um and so instead of replying I I picked up my guitar and I started writing play with me I wrote the first verse in the chorus just there that night never texted him again um and then I I got to take it into the studio the next day with like two of my favorite people to work with and then we produced it out into this whole this whole pop thing um but the coolest part of the story, I think, is that like it the reason I got to go on Colbert and people are talking about it like a little bit now is because of a TikTok that I posted kind of recently. Um, I went through a bit of a breakup 
and I was crying. It was like the day after I had this like really tough conversation with dude I was dating and my manager sent me this TikTok while I was crying in bed and it was this girl and she was in her car and she was like blasting play with me and she was like, listen, ladies, if you're sad about a boy, turn on play with me by Bailey Bryan and remember who the F you are. And she like blasted it and was singing. It. And it was like, the TikTok was like getting some traction. So my manager sent it to me and I'm literally in bed sobbing <laughs> and watching this TikTok of somebody else like recommending my song, like to stop being sad about a boy. And I was like, I'm sad about a, I'm sad about a boy right now. And so I was like, this is very, very ironic. I'm gonna duet this TikTok still crying um and like react to it so she's like if you're sad about a boy i'm like crying in the video i'm like i, I am sad about a boy she's like listen to play with me by bailey brown remember who you are i was like i'm bailey brown <laughs> and i needed this reminder sobbing um and the tiktok went viral like did really well for as how my videos do um and that's when we saw a huge spike in people listening to the song and it made it just mean so much more to me because i i was starting to see other people kind of share their stories about like girl i went through the worst breakup of my life this year and like this song got me through it and reminded me like i've been in a situation ship for like six months and this song helped me end it or i just finalized my divorce and i'm blasting this song like deep stuff like that and i was able to like relate to like the tough spaces that people were in that the song was helping them get through because I was actually in a tough space where I needed that reminder of my confidence. And I, I kind of got to experience what I didn't know that the song was doing uh, for other people. And so like now forever, like that, the, my crying TikTok is forever a part of the story of the song and what it is. The crying TikTok, yeah. My crying TikTok, crying on the internet, highly recommended. <laughs> um, my friend told me this other day, she said something about the term digmatized. <laughs> Thanks for zooming in on me. As I said, digmatized. That's I mean, real. Situationship, digmatized. It's all real. Those <laughs> are st I. These are all words that I use on a regular basis. Have you heard of that one though? Absolutely, I've heard of that one. I've used it. Okay, okay. I thought she made it up. I was like, Girl. no. Like when your friend is like complaining about a dude, like. Like, she's like, yeah, well, he didn't text me back all day, but, like, if he responds later, like, I'll probably go to his house. Like, and she's, like, saying all this shitty stuff that he does, but, like, she's still it's investing in it. It's like, girl, you're digmatized. That's what's going on. There's no other reason for you to be putting up with this. Let me let me speak on behalf of dudes who have sent you up texts and who have received, <laughs> and who have received you up texts. Like, this is, this is a two-way street. This is a two-way street. Absolutely. Um, I find it completely inefficient to do that. Like, right. I feel like, well, also it's like, if you're doing this at like midnight, 1am, the logistics of getting in your car or in Demi and I's case in an Uber or a subway or a cab, cause we're New York people. <laughs> it's just like, do it in the afternoon and plan it out a little bit, you know? A little bit. Like I get spontaneity, but like, you didn't know what my plans for the evening were. Like, if it's late at night, I'm probably already in bed. I've probably washed my eyebrows off already. Like, I'm not gonna. Also, you're a star. It's like you have a gazillion thing. You you have also, a gazillion things to do. Come on, like people. It's just slowness. I'm busy. Yeah. I need I need sleep. Like you don't. Yeah. Like you don't know what my situation. It's very assuming. 
that's the thing to me. I'm like, it's very like you can have whatever kind of situation in a relationship you want, casual, whatever. But this, it's it's inconvenient. Text me in the middle of the day. Ask yeah. me what I'm doing later. It's you also like we've, we've all been there where like there's a certain <laughs> point where your exhaustion overtakes desire for the D, you know, like, you know, like you don't, you don't even need it. My exhaustion overtakes everything at at around 9 PM. There's, there's nothing else. My exhaustion overtakes the desire for anything. Once I've like showered, put on like my ugly t-shirt and my granny panties and like done my skincare routine. If my skincare routine is done, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting in the car you and you're not coming to me you're <laughs> no one's allowed in my home a sensitive bad bitch Bailey. yes okay yeah who is she she sounds like every girl i know she sounds like me um how did this where did you get this concept from it's kind of genius that's the point literally what you just said she sounds like you she sounds like everyone she's she's me is is really the thing i think it came from a little bit maybe coming out of country music with like a chip on my shoulder about like having to label the music that I make, like I was so exhausted with genre after I put out my last country project. Like everyone, I apologize for the darking do- the barking dogs right now. I'm going to mute my microphone, Demi. You take over. <laughs> okay. Um, but like you get a lot of people like, so what would you call the music you make? Like, what are you? What are your influences? Like, what genre do you fit into? And I was like so sick of answering that question. And you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to put out pop music. People are like, how would you describe your music? And a lot of the stuff I'm getting ready to put out is like very R&B leaning as well. Like I'm never just in the middle of one genre. It's what I've learned. I'm always kind of in this like ambiguous place. That's the kind of music I like to make. Um, but people are asking me to describe what I do. And I'm like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna describe it based on the sound. Like for me, it's so much more about the place that the music is coming from and and what I'm talking about in it and the sound kind of follows that. So I started saying I make sensitive bad bitch music because I find that in a lot of my songs, it's never just like, oh, this is a sad song. This is a breakup song. This is an I'm mad at you song. This is a happy love song. It's all, or this is an empowering song or this is a sad girl song. Like, it's all very often like there's like a duality in it. A lot of the songs I write are about like, and at least on my upcoming project are about like, I'm moving on. I'm going to, I'm going to fill up my roster. Like mm-hmm. I got options, but then also in the same song, the next verse turning around and being like, but I do, I do want you. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of hurting right now. And that's why I'm like, I'm going to do what it takes to move on. But like, let me say, like, I would prefer, to have you over filling up my roster. So like, don't make me do this. It's it's very like, there's a confidence, but there's there's a vulnerability in that as well. So to me, that's what sensitive bad bitch is. I love that you're also fighting against that kind of like the music industry always trying to put females, especially in boxes. It's like, we're in 2021, genres are bending all over the place. Yeah. Like, wim- like women aren't going to listen to x amount of middle-aged men telling young women what to do about their music and what to call it no and it's like i like that you're it's like yeah you're a sensitive bad bitch thank you yeah i've I've definitely found that pressure too as a as a woman in the industry of like it is it's like okay so what are you like what little tiny one-dimensional category do you fit into are you are you the sad girl are you the sexy girl are you the funny girl are you the angry girl like are like 
which it's it's almost like pick one emotion and then that's what you represent mm -hmm. as a woman in music and i'm like i can't i feel way too much all the time to to be the sad girl or the happy girl or the confident girl or whatever i'm all of it so to me sensitive bad bitch kind of it encompasses that we, uh, Demi and I are both music people. We're also both fashion people oh. to some extent. Uh, um, and I got to say that is a sick hoodie, whatever you got going on there. I was wondering, yes, what is she wearing? Look. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Stand up again. We'll, we'll put, do this. Let's do a whole look right Oh yeah. Let's talk about style for a second. Don't what look in my room. It's messy, but it's mm -hmm. a whole. Where did you get this from? A whole vibe. Um, Jaded Incorporated, I think is what it's called. L Jaded Incorporated London. It's just like a, I'm like winded from standing up and standing around <laughs> on my back. I appreciate the impromptu fashion show though. I You you saw how quickly I popped up. I'm yeah. so glad you asked. It's like a, a boutique I found on, on Instagram and they have like very dope stuff, but yeah. Well, the flannel the flannel is kind of an ode to the Seattle grunge kind of thing too. Yeah. And I'm a big flannel guy. That's like, I make it a point to make that like a bit of an element in my wardrobe. So I'm, I appreciate you noticing. I guess there's like kind of like grunge flannel and there's like country flannel. So it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I try, I lean to, I lean toward grunge flannel, I think. Now you, you're permanently in Nashville, correct? Or, yeah. or okay. How do you like living in Nashville? I, we had, uh, there's a singer songwriter, Briston Maroney, uh, who, who's Nashville based, who we had on the, and we kind of like, he kind of trashed like the music, like the the uh, the Broadway bar and grill commercialized thing. How do you feel about Nashville as a place to live? I like living in Nashville. I I don't think I would have given. I think I don't think that would have been the first thing I said if you asked me that like two or three years ago. Especially coming from the West Coast and the like the Northwest, I miss the nature a lot. Like I, and I, I do, I miss the vibe. I don't really understand the South. I've realized now that Nashville isn't even like the South South when, which when I came here, I was like, you can get sweet tea anywhere. I am in, I am <laughs> in the Southern area now. They, they call Tennessee and Kentucky the mid South is the mm -hmm. way we refer to it here as okay. opposed to the deep South, which would be Alabama, you know, um, Mississippi. Georgia. I didn't even know. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I really like it. I think it's a unique city. I think there's, I think it's just going to get cooler too. Cause I feel like there's so much more to it than country music. I will say the country music element of it is like the least exciting part of it to me at this point. Like there's, there's other music scenes kind of bubbling up and there's, cool places to go and things to do. I avoid Broadway mm -hmm. most of the time. So you would not find you, you know, on a typical Saturday night at the Florida Georgia line house, eating a big old cheeseburger and a, and a Bud Light, you know, if you find me there doing that on a Saturday night, ask me if I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, well, maybe you're drowning. Maybe you're having a boy problem and you're like, I need a cheeseburger. A and big, a big speaking, yeah. Speaking of uh, what, what's your like comfort food? Um, besides let's move past the crying TikTok. How else do you cope? Are you a, are you a, I, I need a cheeseburger. I need some Ben and Jerry's. Or are you like, I need to write a, like, how do you cope with stressful, sad situations? Definitely. I need to write a song is like a, that's a, that's a go-to. 
Um, I find lately, which I'm like really proud of for this, because I think I used to cope with stressful, sad situations by kind of like shutting down and just laying on the couch all day and eating whatever I want or like not eating, um, which, you know, I still do sometimes. It's healthy to let yourself like just feel your feelings a little bit, which I do regardless. But lately, like when I need to cope with stuff like that, I kind of turn to self-care, like on the little level, like the cliche, like face mask stuff. Um, I like clean. I clean a lot now to cope, which makes, which was never who I was. So if you have a really clean house, some bad stuff happened. With all the feelings I'm going through. Yeah. My house is spot. It's actually not, but it's, it's fine. It's like, I'll like wipe the counters and I vacuum a ton. Um, it's stuff like that. That and writing songs lately are the are the things that get me through. <laughs> so you, the last the last release you have out is actually just an EP. You released the EP, uh, um, the the Fresh Start EP that that the Play with Me was on. Um, is that, I guess that's your most recent release, correct? Well, that's or? coming actually. The collection is not it's not finished, but we've been we've been putting out one fresh new single every single month. So it's, um, there we've released like five of the songs that'll be on the project now, but the whole thing will come out in May. Well, I learned it's wanted, kind of, go ahead, go ahead, Demi. I just wanted to talk about that project as well. Cause you know, the song still your girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, everyone has to listen to this song. <laughs> actually like the concept is so like sexy and sick and like amazing word like is this something that happened to you like how did you come up with that i know i know i asked you that about your music but i, really I no, i will say that's the one that's the only song i've ever written that didn't come like directly from something that i've been through it is it's the only one i'm like oh. i've never which kind of makes it disappointing i think like i wish i'd actually done that to someone i don't know if i could in real life that was that was one where I walked into a writing room and someone, one of my co-writers, like had this idea, and I was like, I don't. I was like, I have not experienced this. That's happened to me before. That's why I'm like bugging out. Really? Where See, the girl ended up. The girl ended up, like, just talking to me and like it's it's a long story but like she actually did steal me and like it was crazy that's great so that's what as a friend like as a friend but you know what i mean yeah. i know exactly and that's what i've learned since putting it out like i thought when we were writing it i was like this is a this is a really out there thing to write i'm like this is a wild circumstance but i'm like but the story is good it's so interesting i've definitely felt this like i've imagined doing this before i'm sure people have imagined it but since putting it out people have come to me and been like this happened to me i'm like what who do who does that that's crazy that's crazy it's been fun to hear like stories since releasing it let's, let's go back to the um one, one thing you were talking about in terms of the whole nashville thing and co you mentioned co-writing that's obviously a big thing in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, the writing sessions and I've heard from country singers, singer songwriters that, you know, these kind of forced writing sessions that your label makes you do and stuff. How do you feel about writing with other people versus writing just by yourself? I think co-writing is magical. 
like that I fell in love with it when I first moved to Nashville just because like the fact that you can you can show up in a room it a right that maybe it was set set up by someone you don't even know when you've never met these people before and you can show up and like just kind of start talking and then leave six hours later maybe and have like a whole song that's just like pieces of all of you when you were strangers before that like I think that's dope I will say like I've been pretty blessed in the process with that that like I I was never pressured by anyone on my team to like do the whole you have to do five co-writes oh you have to do co-writes five days a week like sometimes do two a days and you're just gonna we're just gonna throw you in the room with whoever and like hope we come out of it with a hit like that would be soul crushing for me and I think maybe they knew that um <laughs> that that would have ruined it but um I don't I've I've met people through that and yeah I, I think co-writing is dope but also I will say like lately my process my favorite thing to do is sit down just with like a producer who like has a has a really cool track and just like sit in my head and write lyrics on my own and then kind of like go back and forth with whoever I'm in the room with and like go back and edit it but it's still very much like my words so it kind of for me, it kind of depends on what mood I'm in, whether I want to, like, fully co-write or not. Who's your ultimate, like, pop star idol or country star idol who, like, maybe you, like, if you can only imagine when coronavirus is all better, go on tour with? I mean, ultimate, I would, lo I would love to, like, be She's going to be headlining her tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. have them. You know, I'm talking about like a, you know, Madonna. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Let me let me manifest this here. That's why I'm thinking about it so hard. Um, Post Malone would be like a dream one for me. I I kind of look up to him and his career in a lot of ways because I think he spans and kind of like transcends genre, and he's very much just like himself in everything he does, and that's like it works. Like Post Malone, Post Malone could like dead ass do a collab with like Luke Bryan and everyone would be like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like name someone that Post Malone couldn't collab with. Like there's very few vibes that he couldn't do his thing with. And it would still be very clearly Post Malone. That's the cool thing to me. Like he like shape shifts like genre wise and whatever and can collab with different people. But you always know that it's him. And I think that's special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Bailey, we're going to have to end it here. Thank you so much for joining us on It's Real with Jordan and Demi. We appreciate your time and congrats on the Colbert appearance. Um, we look forward to the full project, the full album, the full EP, whatever it is when it comes out. Can't wait to hear that on the radio, girl. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh my God, I know that voice. I, every time I hear yeah. that, it's her. Oh my God. Well, just thank you guys so much. This was so fun. I'm glad you liked my sweatsuit. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we will talk to you. We will talk to you later, Bailey. All right, thanks so much, you guys. All right, bye bye. We cut her off. So sorry, ah, uh, she said. Jordan, you always do that. What <laughs> the artists are like? Thank you so much. Have a great. Uh, and then Jordan's like cuts them off. Thank you to our guest, Bailey Bryan. You can go to Bailey. She's at Bailey on my own on Instagram and check out her music on Spotify or wherever you stream your music. Our next show is this coming Tuesday. Who do we have, uh, Demi? Yeek. Yeek. Well, so we will see you on Tuesday with Yeek. Until then, uh, take it easy and have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.